So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm Aki from Dreamwell. I'm going to have some questions to say about the upcoming album, In My Saddest Dreams, I Am Beside You. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Um, it's been really exciting. I mean, just the response to our first single so far has been about as much as we got from our entire album last time. Um, so it's really exciting to see that. Hell yeah. The, Hell yeah. the album's a fucking ripper. It's fucking crazy. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my god. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. I've been uh I'm been very uh excited to see everyone's reactions compared just compared to the uh last album especially to Modern yeah. Grotesque. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Um yeah, so uh our vocalist um Casey did the um kind of all the concept with the um, album and the uh, art. Um, I don't want to um, uh, botch this too much. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically what KZ said was that, um, like in our press release, was that the um, album is an explora- exploration of interpersonal relationships and how they're impacted by mental illness, particularly borderline personality disorder, and it's a loose conceptual narrative about a character in a waking dream, um, viewing every aspect of his life through the lens of a heavily distorted reality and struggling to escape from his paranoid nightmares. So yeah, concept album. Um, the art was um, Helvetica Blanc, um, who uh, is um, an artist that we met through uh, Twitter. Um, they've done some really cool art for some other, other artists, including um, Victory Over the Sun, who um, I've been really lucky to get the chance to work with as well. Nice. Um, and what KZ said about the album artwork is it's um, a figure of two. Uh, it's um, a drawing of two people like embracing and uh, one of them's like on fire. And so it's kind of like the idea of being attached to somebody that you know isn't uh, healthy for you. And not being able to uh, let go of that. God damn. damn! You did not butcher that at all. You you fucking crushed that <laughs> yeah. shit. Oh I'm my god. <laughs> yeah, you fucking nailed that. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that's awesome. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for the album? Um, so this was actually our first um writing process, our first album that we've written with um starting with Casey and the band. So Casey joined in 2019. Um. We were already well into writing Modern Grotesque, so um, they kind of came in and wrote lyrics to um, the songs that were already written, and they didn't have as much input on the actual music. Um, so this is the first time that we were all able to sit down and get to write an album. Uh, we're lucky enough that we get to write in person, um, and I think it has a big impact on the way we write. Mm-hmm at least in that we're playing these songs hundreds of times before we touch the computer. Um, So there's things like, oh, we're, our tempo is kind of subtly speeding up and slowing down here. Um, And I think that really makes it feel more organic um, than if we were sending something back and forth um, over the internet, which is what I've done for a lot of my bands in the past. 
the uh, the one thing that made this interesting was that um, our bassist Justin um, actually moved to Iowa during um, during the writing process for this uh, for a uh, to do a, a doctoral program um, at uh, in in Iowa. Um, he ended up dropping out um, t largely to work on things for the band. Um, but for a couple summers, we were, or for a couple of years, we were limited to <clears throat> having to write over the summers and over breaks. Um, so we basically wrote the first half of the album, which included most of the singles um, in the summer of 2021. Um, so that was right after we released Modern. Um, and then we kind of had to sit on it. We had ideas, we had um, concepts for the songs, but we didn't really get to flesh them out until the next summer. Um, and we basically had six weeks to finish up the album. Uh, it was kind of a self-imposed deadline. Um, mm -hmm. That was like, we want to get this album out this year. And in order yeah. to do that, uh, we basically had to get it done by, we had to get the writing done by August, um, 2022. Um, so we basically had six weeks to write six songs. Um, so that was a song, a song a week. Uh, we yeah. practice every week on Sundays. Um, and we were basically there for like 12, 14 hours. Um, we would review the song from last week, make any changes we wanted, mm -hmm. um, make sure we still remembered it, uh, do like a phone recording of it. Um, and then we would move on to the next one. Um, and then we would play all the other ones we'd written to make sure we remembered those. Yeah. Uh, and then when we were done with that, we went to my house. Um, I have a studio um, and did pre-production for all of that just to be like, all right, now we can listen to a semi-good sounding version of all our parts, have all mm -hmm. the tempos ready for when we go to the engineer we're actually working with, and then we can focus on getting the best sound. Um, so... Yeah, that was our process, pretty much. Hell yeah. Oh, so yeah. you guys just aren't a band that, like, writes when you aren't in a room together. I mean, it's clear, you know, your bassist moves to Iowa and the, the writing process halts. halts. Like, mm -hmm. you guys weren't working on the band at all, like, personally? Um, We were, like, we always have a group chat. Um, we're always sending ideas back and forth. Um, We tried writing without him, and we got... Um, stuck on one of the songs uh, mm. because it's just like, all right, we're not really sure what this is going to sound like with the full band. Mm -hmm. um, so we did a few things that we had to like kind of leave and come back to. Um, but in terms of like, okay, this is officially what we do want to do with these songs. We uh, waited till he came back. Mm. Gotcha. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. But so what song off this album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? longest to write um well none of them took particularly long i think um i think we we're working on uh it will hurt for quite a long time um there was a lot of deliberation on that one because we started it wrote a bunch we're struggling with it came back to it that was when we came back to when justin came back and uh we were kind of struggling with the ending of that song um we were making it overly complicated and then 
you're just like, all right, what if we cut out a whole bunch of this stuff um, and just go straight to the breakdown that's at the end of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and wow. I think it turned into one of the best songs on the album. Oh, yeah. And your personal favorite? <clears throat> Ooh. Um, not to do the cop out like, oh, I like them all. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's any songs that I'm like, oh, that was kind of weak. Um, they're all... Uh, really in different ways when i listen to the album um part of it is its place on the album uh what's come before it what's been leading up to it but um i'm really excited for people to hear um a uh, room of clouds the uh, second to last track um mm -hmm. i feel like it's not like anything else we've done um that's one that casey actually wrote on an acoustic guitar in like 10 years ago God damn um, he shit. just had it on his youtube um i'm sure if anyone wanted to find it and hear what the song kind of sounds like uh i'm sure they could find it but um it was really cool um like i'm like my job is like a mix recording engineer so mm -hmm. it's kind of my job to have someone come in with a song and kind of flesh that out into a, their full vision mm -hmm. um so that it was really fun to get to do something like that as a band where someone brought in like an acoustic guitar demo from 10 years ago and we had to turn it into a full band song and kind of envision what that would look like and figure out how to make it more dramatic um mm -hmm. and i think the fact that it it's a song that could be reduced to that um arrangement uh but we did it in the full band context uh makes it like the most powerful song on the album for me that's awesome sure. and with that one song that you all kind of agreed that hey maybe we're doing a little bit too much we should probably trim a little bit who kind of who made that call and was there any pushback <clears throat> with that um so it was, it was actually that um ryan had proposed this this riff to a song um and then i kind of came up with the breakdown after it mm -hmm. um and then ryan was like actually let's get rid of that original riff that i came up with oh. and just keep my break and keep <laughs> the breakdown i did yeah um, and i was like i don't know it feels like it's like i was kind of pushing back like it feels like it's kind of jarring to go from this part before to this mm -hmm. but um sometimes you just hear things so many times that that when <clears throat> you propose a big change mm -hmm. it's like oh is that is that right um, yeah but uh, i think it was the right call in the end considering it's already a like six six minute song that's yeah. true it sounds like you know just the writing process overall is just kind of like band first and everyone's kind of like selfless i guess like no one's like no that's my part it should stay because it's my part but it sounds like you guys are just like it's for the greater good i guess yeah, and I think that's how you make like a really interesting mm -hmm. album. Like any of us are skilled enough that we could sit down and write our own songs on our own, but they wouldn't sound like this. They would yeah. because the uh the pushback and the people having to come together and hash things out, um with with all their influences and experiences, um, is part of the what makes the um the end 
what you hear in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've we've been doing this for a while now, and we've always kind of been in the same room when we're doing the writing. Um, when we started, uh, I feel like I've personally had to go through a lot of growth with this because um, when we started, uh, I had been I had been working on stuff on my own for a long time uh mm -hmm. i was in this band um i'm still in this band vivid illusion uh we don't do as much these days uh but back around the time dream world started we'd been a five piece when i was living in florida um i think i was getting the sense that people were getting a little bit sick of me kind of like directing everything Mm. and being like this is what we're playing this is i wrote this whole song and now all of you have to learn it as is you better not change any of these parts wow. i wrote the drum fill like this for a reason like mm -hmm. even though i'm not a drummer <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um i don't think that's as um like sure like the song was fine but i don't think it's as enjoyable for everyone else to uh have to play someone else's parts that aren't their own um that don't fit their style of playing and writing um mm -hmm. and it in the end it sounds like a solo project with a backing band um mm -hmm. and when i when i first joined dreamwell um i was still kind of in that mode of like hey guys i wrote a song i demoed all these drums and bass parts and all mm -hmm. the guitar parts for it and I don't want to change anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that was a lot on our kind of like first demo. Um, mm -hmm. We were kind of just getting started. And so we did kind of just roll with that a lot of the time. Um, but the best songs from that time were the ones that we uh, all sat down and wrote in a room together yeah. um, and sorted out all our parts um so as things went on with like modern grotesque i was more like okay i bought i brought a partially finished idea mm -hmm. um and this is for the band like we can do what we want with it it doesn't have to stay like this and having to <clears throat> learn to like relinquish that mm -hmm. attachment to your idea the way you came up with it because it's like when you sign up for a band it's you're doing that because <clears throat> you you believe in everyone around you yeah. and that they're the best ones to do their respective part in the band. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like, if, if we're not bringing ideas to the band for everyone to work on and uh, develop, <clears throat> then, then it's like, well, it's, what's even the point? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so how'd the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener to the opener, close to be a closer? Did you shuffle around and see what fits? What was that process like? <clears throat> um, when we first started, we were kind of just writing. Uh, so the first songs we wrote were like Obelisk, um, Blight Town, Towers, uh, a lot of the singles. Um at that point, we didn't really have a track list in mind. Um, 
as we came up with more ideas and things started coming together, we kind of made a track, we started forming a track list. Um, when we wrote Good Reasons, uh, I think it always felt like an opening track, mm-hmm. um, including the intro. Uh, I'd always want, we, we always wanted it to be the track that we opened the album with. Um, mm-hmm. Because specifically, it is kind of the most like typical screamo song, and also the most kind of like upbeat, positive feeling song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the the lyrics still aren't like that, but um, yeah. it feels the most um, upbeat, and I feel like it was a good. It felt like a good transition from modern grotesque, um, and also to um, kind of give the wrong impression of what the album give a deceptive impression of what the album's going to be um, oh. gotcha it's uh i mean part of how we we talked about like i was saying like a lot of the themes on the album kind of explore like um borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. which is something that both uh casey and i um uh deal deal with mm-hmm. um <clears throat> And uh, so Casey was um, kind of approaching that from the lyrical side. Um, The rest of us were kind of approaching that from the musical side and how we can make this album uh, feel like that. We wanted to structure the album uh, to kind of feel like, like like a spiral, like when you're like having a like episode yeah um and things start it starts with something small and it just keeps getting more and more intense and like hopeless uh and chaotic and you feel like you're losing control um and so that's kind of how the album became structured as we started wanting to go with that as the concept Mm -hmm. um so it starts with the like oh this is a screamo song um it's pretty straightforward um and then it gradually there's more <clears throat> chaotic elements, uh, more new new elements for us, um, and more just like uh, bleak, dark, hopeless uh, sounding um, elements. Um, and so it was delib- very deliberate that the album was um, structured the way it is. All right. Gotcha. Makes sense. So, would you be able to tell us where your headspace was at while you were creating this record? Um, it was a lot of places. Uh, as I was saying, like we kind of wrote it over the span of like uh two years. Yeah. Um, and uh, in terms of headspace, I can mostly speak for myself. Um, mm-hmm. but like like I was saying, like I was diagnosed i took a um a psyche valve um in august last year and was mm-hmm. formally diagnosed with borderline personality disorder um mm-hmm. it's always been a struggle um but um going through the pandemic and um going through like also like i started transitioning um it changed a lot and brought a lot to the surface um during this time basically 2021 and 2022 while we were writing this um for a lot of people it was like i mean 
being in the depths of the pandemic where we were fully isolated, it was hard in its own way. Um, but coming back was also very hard yeah. um, for me, almost harder um, because I had all these expectations. Um, mm. I've always been somewhat isolated. Uh, and when everyone was isolated, it was like, all right, we're all, we're all in this together alone. Um, yeah. And then uh, it was like coming back from that and being like, oh, we can do stuff again, um, kind of, sort of. It's still kind of dangerous. Um, I still, that sense of isolation never left. Um, yeah. And I then I was feeling isolated in my isolatedness. I was yeah. like, am I the only one who feels like this? Um, and so that was a lot of how I was feeling um, during when we were starting writing that the album in 2021 and also in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the entire like nine months leading up to finishing the album was just kind of really intense and uh, it was hard to catch our breath at all. Like, um, we, uh, as I was saying, we wrote the album in six weeks, mm -hmm. um, the second half of the album in six weeks. Um, yeah. And then we were basically recording it in between going on two tours. So Oof. going into that, I kind of knew like, oh, this is going to be really intense. Um, yeah. And I'm going to like be crashing at the end of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it ended up being more intense than I thought. <laughs> um <clears throat> unfortunately I um I had a, a Sphinx cat um who I was very close to during the pandemic and mm -hmm. just the last four years. Um and she passed away about a year ago in July and that was oh. right before we started doing the pre pro and mm -hmm. um Actually, I remember like the next day I went to practice to write one of the songs because I was just like, what else am I going to do? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. my bandmates are going to understand if I'm not here, but like, I don't want to be sitting at home right now. Yeah. Uh, and so I ended up doing that. Um, and then we ended up pre-proing the album immediately, um, going on tour, coming back, recording the album. Mm -hmm. um, I got COVID dur during recording it. Oh, um, and uh and then our um anthony got in like a car crash on the way back from one of the recording sessions oh my um, god so there, there's just a ton going on um, yeah we talked about um modern grotesque being our cursed album where all this shit just happened while we were recording it um mm -hmm. but we might just be a cursed band. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, we still finish these albums and yeah. everything we go through is like embedded. Like even if we're not consciously referencing it, um, it's all embedded in the album in some way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, sure. So it's like, I guess this is how it is. Uh, we have, I mean, we, we all live under capitalism on a dying planet so i guess we're all cursed um yeah <laughs> it's not it's just like the it. band or the album yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, anyway, on that note. <laughs> well, I'm glad, you know, amidst, amidst everything that happened, you know, in the nine months that it was like six weeks to write and then mm-hmm. just uh, hell after that, that you, you made it out and the rest of the band made it out on the other side, you know, Absolutely. one piece. Yeah. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should you do in the car with friends and dark with headphones on is workout album party album? What do you personally recommend? Um, to me, it feels, um, it feels like an album to listen to alone to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, maybe my bandmates do or don't feel the same, but, uh, for me, when I imagine someone going into listening to this for the first time, it's, um, it's alone because I feel like that's how you can feel the full intensity of those feelings of attachment and loneliness and isolation. Um, mm-hmm. I really, uh, I would also really recommend people to follow along on the lyrics if they, if they're if they're invested in the band enough to listen to it actively. Um, I think that that's also a great, the best way to follow along oh, yeah. um, and seeing how those two, how the music and the uh, lyrics uh, relate together. Oh yeah. Sure. Awesome. So this one should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, oh, no, no less. Despair. Right. I don't know. Mental illness. <laughs> okay. Right. There you go. We'll take it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of this album, positive or negative? Yeah, I guess um, going back to what I was saying with um, the recording process, um, for me personally, I uh, so I also rock climb. Um, Damn, that's awesome. It's great for my hand strength until it isn't. <laughs> Oh. Um, so I, uh, we were recording up in New Hampshire with, um, Ryan Stack. I, for some reason they put, had to put a rock climbing gym across the street from the studio. Oh. And I was like, you can't put rocks that close to me and I'm not, and I can't climb them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so this was a week before I was supposed to record. Um, it was like the base bass recording and i'm like i'm just gonna go over there for an hour or two and uh climb mm-hmm. um of course i sprained my uh most important finger on my uh, uh, left hand oh my god <laughs> the oh week god. before i was supposed to record but no um, what saved me was that mm-hmm. then i got covid so then i couldn't record <laughs> oh my god dude covid was a saving uh, grace yeah. what the hell dude <laughs> yeah it wasn't though because it definitely like made me worse yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah so i was basically um had it pushed us back like a month um Mm. but i basically was having to like fight through the brain fog and also waiting for my finger to heal and like relearn all these guitar parts before i went in um and then play them all in three days oh my god that's crazy. Um, so that was personally challenging for me. That's Absolutely. a fucking feat. Yeah. That's like, um, wow. Yeah. Other than that, I think um, 
like we were saying how the process of everyone writing together is really important mm -hmm. for us. Um, it also can be really challenging when people are struggling to communicate their vision or are really attached to their vision. Um, and also like being someone who struggles with personality disorder and um, sometimes in those cases it feels personal like oh you don't you don't you're disagreeing with me because you don't respect me or you don't like me and you just mm -hmm. want to like fuck with me or whatever um and having to like be like all right i'm walking out of the room for five minutes and like taking a breather so mm -hmm. i don't like lash out at these people that um that are very important to me yeah um and honestly like just doing that that honestly that's harder than the the first thing i said sometimes yeah yeah absolutely that's completely fair uh so for this question i want you to picture you're on tour you're at a gas station for a rest stop you're going in what is your snack of choice oh everyone's gonna know how fucking degenerate i am um oh, so i'm uh vegetarian and gluten-free um mm -hmm. So I have to get, I can't eat any of the fucking uh, hotel breakfast shit they have. It's um, all like pastries and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all gluten and meat. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're like at a hotel or like something, my bandmates for the most part can get some real food and I'm like, I need something substantial yeah. that's at a gas station and not the hot food because I can't eat any of that either. Um, yeah. So uh, my go-to, like, hit all the food groups um, for $5 at the gas station, at basically any gas station in America, is getting the Fritos bean dip and a bag of Doritos. Um, and then just eating the whole thing of bean dip with the Doritos. Um, it's got protein, fiber, carbs. Damn, like no, you're actually <laughs> so, you're completely you're cooking right. over there with that one. <laughs> and it's, like, yeah, it's vegetarian and gluten-free. Damn, you put some thought into this shit. You're like, wait a minute, let me get my protein, let me get my carbs. Damn, okay. Wasn't thought as much as desperation. It's <laughs> uh, a last resort. Yeah. Works, though. Yeah. Very nice. That's, like I've done that quite a few times. Um, the biggest downside is when you open the can of bean dip, it tastes fine, mm -hmm. um, but it smells like cat food. Oh, so it's not the best van. thing. To, yeah, not the best thing to have to open in the van, but it's like desperate times. Yeah, desperate that's what times you gotta do. Desperate measures. Yeah. Um, so, on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be, and why? If we were a dish, mm -hmm. um, it would be some abomination of. Uh, we would be a plate that is just full of beverages. Um, we like our beverages. Um, uh -huh. There's always a Dreamwell dream well beverage pile at all the venues we're at. Um, and it would be a combination of um, like uh, like Dunkin' Iced Coffee, uh, the worst beer imaginable, um, mm. a little bit of whiskey, <clears throat> okay. White Claw, um, Red Bull, Okay. Damn. Yerba mate and uh pull in spring water. Wow, that's and a lot. Just liquids in the dish. Yeah. <laughs> oh in my god. Dish. 
making your own jungle juice over there. <laughs> My stomach's bubbling. Stream all blend. Oof. Oh, for real. Oh. All right. <laughs> uh, so for these last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you. <clears throat> cool. I, so... I think I have other hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's good to know, actually. Um, so we're actually going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Honestly, I'd probably like break veg out of spite. Um, I would, I'd probably get a like full gluten, full um, full meat uh, orange chicken. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then probably like I'd probably want to drink something to like make me chill out. I don't know, mm-hmm. like. The dream well blend. Oh no, that's not a chill drink. (laughs) (laughs) That's the uh, getting ready to play a show drink. I don't know. I mean, I like yerba mate too much. It's my comfort drink. I'd probably just drink that. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Um, So if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? A world where the planet isn't dying and there isn't capitalism. (laughs) Damn. Good as hell. Yeah, yeah, that's a good-ass pick, okay? (laughs) Um, So I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Probably the color that my hair is. Um, I've started... I realized that most of my like obviously I wear a lot of black, but besides that, um I have a pair of docks that are this color that I found at a thrift store last year. Good for um I've worn them for I think every single show I've played in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um somebody gave me N ninety five masks in this color too. Oh, so I'm very coordinated now when I'm at when I'm playing shows. Um, I have my hair, masks, and uh, docks. I don't even know what to call this color. It's fucking awesome. Um, but I like it. It's a very nice. It's like a brown that's like tinted with a little bit of red. It's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I like um, kind of the subtleness of it. Um, mm-hmm. More so, like I I don't do like bright saturated colors very much i'm trying to introduce more color into my whole deal um but i i like to do it in a more like subtle way yeah it works it's good uh so as Gloria said those are the questions we have today is there anything that you would like to plug uh listen to this band called dreamwall we're releasing an album next month (laughs) oh yeah all right well thank you it's been aki from dreamwell and we have been the good noise podcast